Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. This episode of Mass Appeal Podcast is brought to you by the IV Hub. The IV Hub is a state-of-the-art health spa that offers immunity IVs, weight loss IVs, Myers cocktails, beauty IVs, and skinny drips, along with so much more. Located at 469 Salem Street in Medford, Mass, and open every day except Wednesday and Sunday, call 781-728-9035. That's 781-728-9035 for more information or visit www.theivhubboston.com. That's www.theivhubboston.com to book your appointment now. Guys, if you need any type of maintenance with an IV, like I said, immunity IVs, weight loss IVs, Myers cocktails, if you're familiar with those, look them up, beauty IVs, and skinny drips. These guys are a one-stop shop for all that stuff and a bunch of other personal wellness treatments, guys. Located right at 469 Salem Street in Medford, Mass. They're open every day except Wednesday and Sunday. Phone number 781-728-9035, www.theivhubboston.com to book your appointment now. Guys, get more in tune with your own personal health, your own personal well-being and wellness, right? Go see Noreen and the other phenomenal professionals that are all part of the staff at the IV Hub at 469 Salem Street in Medford, Massachusetts. Book your appointment today and get going on feeling a better you. Guys, welcome back. We are at episode five of the Mass Appeal podcast. I am your host, Mark Lewis. Guys, today I am joined. We obviously got a local legend. We got a former NFL player. We have a Super Bowl champion. Right here, East Boston's own Jermaine Wiggins. Wiggs, what is up? Thank you so much for being here, man. Oh, man, don't thank me. You know, I'm always just trying to support. You know, we got a little bit of a connection. I know your former, is it your former co-host? Yes. That used to be on? Yeah, Tommy, yes. Yeah, and so you guys are connected through East Boston. Yeah, he's an East guy, right. So we kind of all, you know, know the same people. I'm a little bit older than you, so... So that's for me, it's more about support. And I like to see people that are from here doing well and doing big things. You know things. what made me want to reach out to you, honest to God, is like when I ran into you at the card show a couple months ago mm-hmm. and when I've seen you at a couple other things, dude, you're like the most approachable guy ever. Yeah. You yeah, really I, are like the most like regular guy on planet Earth. I try that's to crazy. tell people that, you know, that's because I mean, I'm just a regular, I'm a regular dude who I talk shit for four hours and. I love talking shit, whether it's about sports, whether it's about pop culture. You know, we used to do it as kids growing up in Easter. You know, we used to talk a lot of shit. You know, we used to call cracking on each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, to have this opportunity to come on here and, you know, we know a few few similar people, yeah, right? Like so. I said, I'm a little bit older, but um, right. but it's good, though. I mean, you know, I'm here to support and have a good time. Yeah. And then you know what it is? I think, you know, what I always thought was remarkable about your career, Wigs, was that you were one of the first guys to kind of come out like be get done playing mm-hmm. and like make that career transition right like seamlessly almost you know like you got right into it right and now everybody does it yeah and you retired forgive me what uh was was it oh uh oh seven no 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 oh seven like 2010 was technically my last year because right. i played in the ufl 
So I, I did that. So that was technically my last year, 2010. Yep. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it's been a minute. And then I got out of it and, you know, I had always wanted to do it because even when I played, I used to do, you know, they used to, NFL Network used to have like Players Week where, you know, you see it now where guys would go out to California for yeah. the week. They, you know, they were still right. playing and, you know, and it, you know. You it, ate all that shit up. Yeah, I yeah. So it. I wanted to do all that kind of shit and yep. everything. Um, and I've always had the love for kind of like, you know, talking people always like, ah, oh, you, you know, well, you know, we always had that love of talking. I wish the- being mic'd up was more of a thing in your day. You would have oh, been the guy man. to mic'd up. I would have been shit. You I would have been, yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh man, man. I tell you, I, I try to think of like uh, some of the guys that, like, when you think like these are guys that talk a lot and guys that are mic'd up, and you're like, man, I like listening to this guy, Cam Newton. That's um, one thing. Like I, I gotta say, Cam is good on the mic. Yeah, I, I would. I would say I'm. I'm trying to think of that player that you always man. Damn, this dude don't stop talking. He talks, talks a ton of shit. As I'm trying to think of some of the oh, uh, Philip like Philip Rivers used to. Yeah, well, Philip Rivers. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he didn't swear so really. He was like, yeah, get the frick out of my yeah. my dang and you know what I'm saying. He's like yeah. a Christian boy, so he doesn't like swear or anything. But like. There's a bunch of guys in the NFL that kind of make their bones, but I can't listen to any of the guys from the Steelers, by the way. They're all obnoxious. Like Juju and Chase Claypool, like I'm good with that. Like don't don't ever mic up anybody yeah. from Pittsburgh. I'm good with that. Yeah, we, I, I, we, I wish it was more prevalent back, you know, and they, they mic'd up guys every now and then, but it usually was the guys that were, you know, the superstars of the team. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I think the transition for me, that's kind of something that I always looked at and I always had fun. And just now with like the world of podcasting and all and everything, uh, and all these different like platforms that you can get involved. I think it just allows people to to you know enjoy what they do, make a good living doing right. it, and and have fun. You got screwed in two ways. One, like I said, the mic'd up thing wasn't that wasn't a thing. Two, you had to play on AstroTurf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that, played on the original um the original Astro. The the Bills might have been the worst stadium ever as far as the uh, AstroTurf. It's like what they, is that actually like? Is it literally like playing on concrete? It's like playing on concrete. It's it oh would be like God. It, it's almost like playing. Um, uh, you know, almost like playing in your living room on carpet with the concrete underneath. It. I, so I so can you imagine, imagine like if no. you have, you know, like no. think about this shit in here. It's like it would be like playing on that, but with concrete underneath it. So, yeah, that was the days of the the AstroTurf. And I kind of got into the transition of I played on the AstroTurf. But then I got into the new grassy turf. I think yeah, they yeah, like the it, new like yeah, artificial grass turf field. Which I guess now a lot of players want to go back to grass field because a lot of the injuries. Um, I think, is that it was it was that the way it was, or were they asking to go to just turf? No, no, they the, wanted to go. I think like uh, I want to say it's uh, Joey Bosa was uh, big on it. You're right. Yes, that's he correct. and maybe his brother Nick, where yep. they they like put together this petition of wanting the, all those kind of turf fields with the little black pellets yeah. that now you see pretty much everywhere. They want to go back to the regular turf. The only thing it comes down to, it's like, I, I mean, like a, on a quick side note with that, it's like, it's a money thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because a, a turf field to install like a turf field here in Massachusetts, I think it's like a million bucks. Yeah, it's a million dollars. It's a million dollars, right. right. Now, what do you spend in upkeep for like grass Yeah, at that, you know, like maintenance guys? Right. What does Fenway spend maintaining the grass yeah. at Fenway freaking park, dude? And then you got to think that 
you know, you can get away with it in baseball because it's not getting beat up as much as you would in football. Right. So you got to think of some of those fields that are grass fields like Pittsburgh is, and Pittsburgh is like playing on a, it's like playing on a dump. The you know the divots it's like playing behind Perazzo Rink on the softball field, <laughs> yeah. and the divots that come yeah. up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, I think that's kind of you know the upkeep is part of like the give and take right. with the whole field turf because I guess a lot of the field turf the injuries were up um but you know it, to me it's all about the injuries that if you're seeing more injuries up I'd rather play on a shitty grass field than a nice field uh turf that you know I might have a 20% uh higher chance of getting hurt yeah no absolutely yeah no absolutely plus it's like <coughs> it, it, I mean you see it I feel like it's even it's I feel like it might actually be maybe more now you've seen these right. ACLs blowing a kill. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think I I, I want to say I think it was uh Joey Bosa who you're right. put that's some correct. stuff yeah, out. Or about, Nick Bosa, one of the two of them. Yeah, you're, you're trying right. to start like this change in it. So uh, you're right. You know. That'll come down to a money thing. Yeah. Um before <laughs> like anything is right. And then before we get into your kids, because mm-hmm. they're both damn good yeah, football players, that. right? Thank you. I mean, it speaks for themselves. You got one son. We'll go right into it. One son is at Arizona. Yep. Right, um, and he just—he's a freshman, right? Yeah, he's a uh, the, an early enrollee freshman, so he enrolled in January. So we can play spring ball and stuff like that. Is that so? He's the, actually playing spring ball right now. Gotcha. So they're in their spring ball season. So he, and then when the rest of the freshmen come, that'll probably be like June. Mm-hmm. He'll have had like you know five months or whatever it is head start. And then my youngest son is a junior at Central Catholic High School, who's trying to figure out. All right, you know, the whole process and where he's going to land. And according to his Instagram, before we get into that whole process, just got his first D1 offer from Marshall. Yeah, and then we were at BC uh, Saturday. Nice. And then we're going to Pitt in two weeks. Nice. So for a visit down there. So, yeah, he's uh, – and they're both defensive linemen. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's – could you tell from an early age whether you thought they were going to end up? <laughs> you know, it, it's crazy because my, my older son – he played tight end, mm-hmm. and he was a pre- he was a really good tight end. So he was a, like he was a good tight end. He was. Forget, a, are they as big as you? My older son is. My older son's probably like six four. Yeah, he's probably walking around at like two fifty two, two fifty five. Oh, big guy. Yeah, my younger son, he's like <clears throat> he's a little shorter than me, mm-hmm. but he's just turned sixteen, so he's probably like six feet, but he's bigger. He's probably like two forty. He's very built. He like. He's built more of the shorter defensive tackles, like one guy that he absolutely loves and he looks up, looks up to him. You know, you, as a kid, you try to pattern your game after certain people. And his is more of like the Aaron Donald. Donald I was just play. about to say that. People yeah. don't realize he's only like six. I say only. He's like six one. Yeah, I think he's yeah, I think he's like six one. When you six when feet. you think of like a defensive lineman, you think of a guy that's like remember like John Henderson? Yeah. Guys yeah. like I that. With that John just, Henderson, yeah. yeah. The guys that were just people forget well, how big that dude well, was. Seymour, Richard Seymour is yep. like six five. Yep. I think <clears> it's just the transition of what you see with the game. Um because <clears throat> when I played, you were thinking about guys like Ted Washington, yeah. Vince Wilfork, yeah. big, giant, massive men. Yeah. Now the game, it, it's crazy. Linebackers are 5'11". Well, yeah, the game, you, you know what's <laughs> it's crazy? It's like insane, you know what I mean? What's crazy about it, and I say this all the time, the game has gotten smaller. People Which don't so believe wild. that. No, right? you're right. People, uh, people don't believe that, but the game has gotten smaller. And when I say that, when you look at some of the players, you know, and I and I talk about the D lineman, but or just even like the defensive ends, 
When you look at like, oh, like the outside linebackers, like Willie McGinnis and how big he was. Monster of a dude, Chris Slade. Man, I got dry mouth like crazy. You guys got any water bottles in here? Yeah, I got you. It's part of the benefits of hedge. Yeah, exactly. We got free water. That's when you know you have a good podcast. You like that? Free water at this place. You know you have a good podcast is when you have free water. 100%. Look at this. That is spot on. That's, I feel bad. I got the Poland Spring. We got Wiggy the Great that's Value. All right. <laughs> that's all right. I was going to call you and ask if you wanted a coffee on the way here. That's when you know your podcast is going places, you when like you that? when you have free water. You heard it here first. Hedgebetter <laughs> stock is going up. Free right. water. There it is. Yeah, you think Joe Rogan has free water? No, I don't. Free no. weed, definitely. <laughs> they got the free grass. Yeah, that's they? pretty good, too. They got so. more than free weed. They got peyote and shit over oh, there. Yeah, He's got, got all the wild shit. That's yeah. pretty good, too. So Yeah, exactly. But when you look at the players now in the league, I always say that the league has gotten smaller in the sense of of just, you know, there's still big guys, don't get me wrong, but you don't see the days of the Vince Wilfawks, of the Ted Washingtons, no. you know, when I played Pat Williams. Those days. Pat Williams. Yeah, he used to play for the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Like, he was with the Vikings for a while, right? Yeah, he played with me in Minnesota. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, those, I was kind of putting that together. Those days are gone. Now they want, like, the Aaron Donalds, the smaller, 285-pound quick guys that are good. And it's just, you know. Um, and you know what's fu- it's funny you say that you look at a guy side by side Vince Wilfork people a lot of people don't realize he's probably only six one six two, but he's what three twenty five. Yeah, I'd say he's probably a little big. I'd say Vince is probably about maybe six three, but he Re- pro- really they got him listed at like six one six two. It's crazy. Yeah, he's, he's probably a little bigger, maybe you really. Know, but he, it, when he played, he was every bit of like three fifty. But he was so athletic. Oh yeah. That guy had quick feet. Right. That guy had as quick a feet as a guy yes. that size that I've maybe ever seen on a football field, honestly. Yeah, and so that's kind of motor. And what you're seeing in the league, and, and they had guys that were like the Aaron Donald types when I played, like yeah. Warren Sapp. But you're starting to see more of that quick athletic. You know, mm-hmm. you you see more at quick and fast linebackers. I I, I would say because back then it was like the big Ted Washingtons. I mean, excuse me, Ted Johnsons. You know. Andy Katz and Moy. I remember, remember Andy, Andy Katz and Moy. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. So I remember like it was like that, like Mo Lewis, who was uh I played with Mo Lewis or Brian Cox. Right. Um, but big, big linebackers. I say it all the time, like you don't see, right? The guys that remember the D lineman you used to like see like legit like the stomach hanging out from under uh, the yeah, You yeah, don't now, see that no, anymore. No, no, not that. That's gone. Now the they're po- taking care of themselves. I will say that. You know, guys that are 300 pounds look like they're 280. And and the you you see that transition. Now, because of just the athletes on both sides yeah. of the football, especially with running backs and quarterbacks, but it's just you know even the defensive ends, you know, I, I you know there were guys like Vonnie Holiday that was a defensive end that Vonnie Holiday, Green Bay, yeah, played at two hundred ninety pounds, you know, <laughs> and so you know now you, you, your defensive ends are like Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Chase Young. These guys are you know still big guys, two sixty five. I would say now they're probably. Better athletes, you yeah. know. Vonnie Holiday probably wasn't running a four six or a four but then seven. Then you got those guys that transcended, like like obviously you remember Reggie White. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, guy yeah, was yeah. just like a the like a scary large yeah, man that would yeah. just manhandle people. Yeah, it's just you know. Th- but there's like every generation there's gonna have those guys. But that's how defensive ends used to look like Reggie White. No, then remember how? And that's funny you say this, right? Because cornerbacks. They tried to get bigger with them for a while. A little like bit. the little like like right, real quick, right? Like Richard Sherman and those get Brandon Browner. There was that era of guys they were trying to get like a lot bigger at cornerback. Well, because the receivers were getting bigger. Right. And like it's funny you say this because going back to the size thing in the NFL, guys like Steve Largent were like an anomaly. Right. 
He was like a little 5'9", 180 pound guy. Yeah. Now those guys are everywhere. Right. Well, because the receivers were getting bigger because yep. then it was more of like the Michael Irvin size receiver. Right. Right. So you had Michael Irvin. You had Andre Reed who played for the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, um, Randy. Uh, well, yeah, Randy Moss. But I'm, I'm kind of like the transition of like, you know, late 80s, early 90s, like Irvin Fry. Oh, Irvin Fry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. So, right, so, right. So yes. some of the, and then like that's kind of transitioned to to like the the, the game, like the, the receivers getting bigger yep. now. But, you know, I mean, and now you've seen these fast, like you're seeing like everybody's running four threes. It seems like every this year's rec- combine was receivers absurd. and DBs are running four threes. Like they got a whole nother gear. So you're, you're seeing a lot of that now. But yeah, the game has kind of changed in that sense of uh, of the way. So when you look at even like you know like you know my kids in high school, like my my one son is bigger, but my other son is a little bit smaller. Where maybe back you know back before they're like, yeah. always oh, two undersized, but now because Aaron Donald's probably going to go down as the greatest defensive lineman to ever play the game. Now you won't be um, looked over because of maybe you don't fit the prototype. It's funny the NHL is doing the same thing. Remember guys back in the day, mm-hmm. you couldn't play in the NHL at 5'9". No, no, but I think Marshan is a, the perfect example of kind of yeah. changing, you know, at least for the generation that maybe, you know, somebody like you yeah, might right. remember or like, sure. uh, uh, you know, I remember some of the younger guys, uh, not younger guys, but the older guys, but as they started getting small, uh, small and quick. Right. And when I was young, it was guys like, I'm 30. So when I yeah. was young, it was guys like Paul Correa, okay. Theo Fleury. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think this was like, uh, like, like you just started seeing smaller guys kind of start to make their way because back when you were a kid you're 70 was 80s, you a big now, hockey player growing I up i still skate twice oh, a week oh really oh okay. yeah yeah so right. i didn't play at georgetown we didn't have a team i was okay. a baseball player that's okay. what i played but you briefly. played hockey growing oh, up. oh yeah like okay. my whole i played for Eastie. all right all yeah right, all right so my dad the Mustangs. Brought me, yeah, yeah my yeah, dad yeah. christine budaleri was yeah. the uh the vp boots is uh boots mother okay all right yeah yeah she was uh how do you call it spucky's father was my assistant coach yeah i i played i played i was on the first and this is our claim to fame here for all the East Boston people out there. Yeah. I was on the first mini one-on-one team to win. That's right. That's I used when to hear mini, about that. When, that's when mini one-on-one was good. That's when it was not just a breakaway. It was breakaway. It was two-on-one and yep. then three-on-two. Yes. And that's when it was, you know, it's completely changed. Uh, mini one-on-one was a legit thing when you guys were kids. Yes. And like, it, le- fully legit. Oh, yeah. And we were, and I will never forget, we were, it was myself, Joe Murray was a really good hockey player, Michael Hanley was good, Anthony Cheridana. Yep. Oh, who the fuck, who am I missing here? Mikey Rogers. Did you say Mikey? No, no, no. Mikey Rogers didn't play. On my mini one-on-one. Oh, you're, mini, oh you're talking about the mini one. Yeah, this about. was 1988. Wow, well, back. Yeah, this was. This I'm, I'm kind of dating. Were you myself. were you like Crumb's age? No, Crumb is younger than me. Crumb's younger than yeah, you. Yeah, so Crumb is Crumb's younger disgusting. Than, yeah, 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 yeah. I know his brother PJ. Cool. He doesn't even tie. He doesn't tie his skates. Yes, yes. See, he was he was younger than me. Uh, uh, um, so Charlie Daniels is older than you. Charlie Daniels is younger than me. These oh, are all the guys that right. are younger sorry, than you. You're right. Charlie Daniels is yeah, younger than you. Yeah, these yep. are all all those plays. Good because I still play. Um, I still play. I was playing in the Easty League until it got too goonish. What is up with that? Can I? Can we talk about this for two seconds, really quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I literally like don't even have any desire to play men's league hockey anymore because it's so stupid at this point. Everybody, it's just like it's like everybody's like trying to like be the toughest guy on planet. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I played in the Easty League that Boots used to run. Yeah, 
Um, um, Jeff Aranella runs yeah, it him now. And Jeff, yeah, Jeff was was part of running it. And, you know, a lot of those kids, they're younger than me, you know, but I remember them, you know, growing up, but they were younger. So I would play in that league, and it was it's a good league. And, like, some of those kids that you talked about, you know, I, they were younger than me. But there there were, are a lot of good players they were, in that Yeah, league. like, yeah. really, Another really rock. good. Like, Charlie was a really, really good hockey player. I think he played at St. Lawrence or something St. like that. St. Lawrence, he's yeah. a beast, yeah. And um, then there was... Uh, Crum could have played wherever he wanted. Crum, it was, but then I'm thinking Choffy was really good, but yeah. he was a head case. Yeah. So a lot of these, you know, these kids, and then you go want to go there. For me, I'm playing really for the Bears and having fun. Uh, you playing all the charity games and shit too, right? Yeah, well, I'm playing some of the Bruins alumni games. So, yep. so for me, it was more about fun. Then it just got to the point where, you know, y- you know, they're already good skaters and good hockey players, and you're there. And then you kind of like, you know what? All right, I'm just there's too many. Then they started letting kids from like Southie and stuff. Yeah, you know, and now yep. I was like, forget about Heard it. Heard the whole story. You know, they're 22, right out of college. They probably played hockey in college, and they were madmen. And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to be sitting here fighting with you in the parking lot at you know 11 yeah, right, o'clock exactly. at night, like it's you know 1991. Right. Um, so would have been a different t- story at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like completely different. Like right. those, I only have a little bit of gas left in my tank if I have oh. to really get into a fight. Um, and I have to save that for a rainy day. Yeah, exactly. You know, those days are long gone. But yeah, yeah there's some good leagues. But there, I will say this. There are some talented plays. Absolutely Even though they'll, they'll goon, it up, goon it up a little bit. And I'll play like, a, you know, now I play like more of the older, over 40 leagues. You went into the over, huh? Yeah, because you once gotta, you go into one of those leagues, you're there. Yeah, because my boy DJ Dave, Dave Natola, he'll like he'll uh-huh. run some of those. Uh, we played up in Hockey Town. Uh-huh. Now we just really play pickup in the summertime. Good for you. Yeah, yeah I, I play pickup twice a week. I have no desire to go into a league. Yeah, it's just, none whatsoever. Yeah, I'm at two good pickups. You're too young like right it. now. Until you get to like over 35, you might be all right. Then I think the 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 the, the goonishness starts to kind of dissipate a little bit when you get yeah i just have no desire for it you know what i'm saying like it's just it's just stupid it's fun though it is fun no it it is if you're in the right league it's awesome yeah the other thing is like so how did you right going back really quick to your kids them picking obviously like picking a college Mm -hmm. for any kid even it doesn't matter if my kid's not playing college sports picking your college is like a huge decision obviously it's the first big decision a kid makes right right so how did you advise especially from a guy who again now, were you recruited right out of Eastie from, from Georgia, like how, uh, by Georgia? I should no, say. How no, did this, fuck no. <laughs> how did this? I was gonna say they found you up here. That's crazy. Yeah, I know no, you were a stud, but no, Jesus Christ! No, 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 no. Like, like when I played, I was a basketball kid growing up. Right, I heard so that. So I was a basketball kid. So I was basketball is what I love to do. So you, you were know? Antonio Gates before Antonio Gates, essentially. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't know about that, but yeah. I could. I, I love basketball. You know, there was BNBL, which was a, the Boston neighborhood basketball league we used to play as kids growing up. That must have been insane. Yeah, I've heard this, stories. This is like you know when now this nowadays too many kids got playstations and xboxes i say leave those things to like guys like myself the older guys let us play call of duty get outside we used to be every day whether it was jeffrey's whether it was the point whether it was maverick you guys on the court 10 hours 12 hours sun up to sundown whether you're playing street hockey you're playing basketball it didn't matter you know it was the, the allegiance it was sun up to sundown and that's what we did we played sports it was fun you know, like yep. I said, that's when, you, you know, there's a couple fights break out and, you know, we settled it with our hands yeah, every now it. and then, you know, there was a few crazies that, you know, were, you know, were pulling out knives and shit like that. 
But that's what we did. We played sports, and basketball was my thing. We won. I won a state championship in high school at Eastie, and we, you know, always loved basketball. But I was a six-two power forward in high school, so right. you could get away with it in high school. It's one of the toughest transitions about high school to college basketball. You get a kid that like. That on a, on a height deprived and Jay Fine, you can probably speak to this. Didn't you run into the same issue with Bentley? Yeah, no, hundred percent. In high school, you know, growing up, six two, six three, that's a decent size for a forward. Then right, you try right. To, you try to play at the next level. No, 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 you're no. Like, they're like, cool. Can you yeah. uh, run the point? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah it's you're like, like it's, God, no. It's man. like, wait a second, shit, I can't dribble. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I always, I always bust my, uh, my, my, uh, my, my head coach when I played in high school, Mike Rubin. Um, and I'm like, God, you could have, you could have like, like taught me how to shoot the three or let me, uh, dribble more, you know, rather than me just thinking I can do it like on the side or something like that or yeah. pick up games. Today's NBA, they would have been like, oh, you can't pull up from yeah. half court. Sorry, yeah, well, we don't well, got a spot for you. Well, like I was, they're like six, two power forward. No, that don't work. I know you weigh 230, 240, but guess what? These guys are six, seven, six, eight, six, nine, um, six, 10 and power forwards. You put, so it was, uh, I, I knew it was probably never going to happen for me to to accomplish at the Division my One dream. level at least. Yeah, I, yeah, I, but my dream was the NBA, right, so that okay, dream was you. shattered real quickly. Um, and you know, I never had aspirations about playing in the NFL or anything like that. So for me, football was one of my boys was like, I didn't even play my freshman year. It was like you should come out and play football. Because we had, oh, shit. yeah, we had Pop Warner, right? In East, yeah. Yeah, in East. You guys have a huge program. Yeah, so we had Pop Warner and it was really big back in the day. But with Pop Warner, I was a bigger kid. Like I hit my They would have had you playing with like 16-year-old yeah, guys. Yeah, so I would have like had to play up right. and I had to make weight limits. And so it was all types of shit. And I was just like, my mother was like, it's too much of a hassle. We don't even want to do it. So fuck it. We're not going to do it. And you play basketball. And he was that I was a hockey player, you know, at right. 12 years old. And so I played football, but more it was like tackle football where you'd go down to, like to, you know, we used to play go yeah, over. You guys were insane. Yeah, <laughs> we'd go and play up at Shaw Plaza. They had a nice little field out there. Or Maverick had this nice little field. Yep. We used to, we called, it was called two-hand tag rush back then, but it was like, you know. And that's how you learned how to play football. They had the league for a while, too. And yes. you see My father played in that with yeah. all the point guys. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, a – and that's like you knew how to play football. You just didn't play it organized. Right. So that was the difference. And then when I got to high school – that's kind of, it wasn't like this big recruit coming out of high school. Um, and my buddy goes, you should go to prep school. And I was like, what the hell is that? And he was like, yeah, you can go there and you don't lose a year of eligibility. And, you know. So where'd you go? It was. Uh, I went to Bridgeton Bridget Academy. Oh, Bridgeton. Okay. Yeah, I went wow. to Bridgeton Academy. My mother was a single parent. She goes, as long as I don't have to pay for it, he can go wherever the hell he wants to go. Right. And um, that's kind of how it worked out. And then I went to Marshall and my coach from Marshall went to Georgia. Oh, that's, so that's how, how you got to Georgia. Okay. That's how I got to Georgia because I went to Marshall University first. Right. Was doing well down there. And then, you know, I had a great, great time playing for Marshall. Great experience. Were you, with, you were there with Randy? No. What's funny oh. is I was with Chad Pennington. Oh, uh, so I was with Chad. Randy came in and I transferred. So Randy and I, our paths didn't cross in college. I played with him at the league when I got to Minnesota. Is Chad the all-time like lovable guy that everybody wanted oh, to see Chad, succeed man. so bad? Yeah, everybody wanted to see him like kill it in like and so bad. He was like the Alex Smith of his generation, right? But he had sense? a he had a pretty good like career until he, he had some injuries. He did. And, you know, I think he was a first round draft pick and um. So Chet, and actually his kid uh, is uh, committed to Marshall. His kid's a quarterback. I think he might be a freshman 
next year, but he's committed to go there. Um, so yeah, so I start. That's how I was at Marshall. Awesome. Then when my head coach went to Georgia, Jim Don, and that's when I transferred with him. Is that like the best? Like <laughs> in like a bit? You're like, oh, coach is going to Georgia. Here we go. I'm going, baby. Let's yeah, because I was Marshall was when Marshall was recruiting me. Mm-hmm. Marshall was like, fuck. It was like the it was they were Division One AA champions. Yeah. So for me, I had no. The only school that was recruiting me out of high school was Northeastern. I remember going to BC one time. When they and, had a football program. Yeah, yeah, when they had a football program. I remember going to BC on a visit or something like uh, this guy took me to to, to BC. Yep. And, but BC wasn't really, you know, I was a quarterback in high school. So it was like, you know, whatever, you know. Oh, um, you were? Yeah, I was a quarterback. Oh, shit. Yeah, I played quarterback and linebacker. So I didn't even play tight end in high school. You were Cam before Cam. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we ran the wishbone. I don't know if I was kidding. I, I, I told you, I was, it was basketball for me. So football right. was like, hey, you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm just, out here just doing my thing. I'm chilling. I, yeah, I'm just my out here. Cool. Yeah, hanging out with some of the guys playing yeah, yeah. football. I was a starting quarterback. It was I'm like, pretty good. This yeah, is fun. You yeah. know what I mean? It's all you sucked. You yeah, that's what, I mean? what it was Makes like. It easier. Yeah, it was exactly. So, uh, and, you know, I played, I played every sport. I played baseball in high school. Yeah. So it was like, all right, you know, I'm having a good time. You know, my mother's like, all right, as long as you're not getting locked up and you're not getting yeah, shot at, right. I'm happy, right? Exactly. Um, and you don't end up in jail or dead. So for me, the whole football thing was like, all right, cool. And then Northeastern was the only school that was really recruiting me. And that's when my buddy, uh, Danny, goes, hey, you should go to prep school. I had no idea what it was. And then come to find out, we learned what it was. And I went there. And then that's when Marshall recruited me when I was uh, uh, in prep school. And that's how I ended up going to Marshall. And for me, that was like, you know, it was like 30,000 seat stadium. I was like, wow, this is fucking awesome. They got a lot of uh, like, excuse me, a lot of um, like, like pride about that whole program. Like, like, it's a big program. Right. I went there. Troy Brown went there. I remember Troy. That's right. Troy Brown did go there. Yeah. I remember when I got there, like Troy had just got to the league and he went with playing for the Patriots. So it was like, cool to see like, these are former Marshall players who are now playing in the NFL. Mike Bartram was a tight end who who played in the NFL. So Marshall was like a big deal for a kid coming out of Eastie. I was like, wow, this is huge. You know what I mean? This is like BC-ish level um, that I was able to play at. So when I was there, and then when my coach went to Georgia, then it was like, it playing was playing on an SAC field in the late nineties. Whole nother level of college. Did you just like shit yourself the first day? Yeah, you, went I was, you were like, oh my god, this I, is insanity. I was just like, I only thought this was shit I saw on TV, you know, because you know it, it, what's funny. Um, my best friend, his name is, uh, he's from East. His name is Danny Acasella. For some reason, he loved Notre Dame growing up. I feel like a lot of people around here like Notre yeah, Dame growing he, he up. It's been the huge, Irish thing. Yeah, he was a huge Notre Dame fan growing up. And I just remember like watching like Notre Dame and like that type of football. Because you didn't really see a ton of SEC games up here. So you mm-hmm. got a lot of Notre Dame football. But you knew the magnitude of what. That type of weather was Notre Dame, Michigan. And they were good at that time. Yeah, and you knew the magnitude of what that was. And you were like, wow. So for me, it was just like, you know, that wasn't reality. You know, that was like a, you know, when you're playing at Marshall, you're like, this is great, but that's like not reality. I I only thought they- It's a different world. I only thought they recruited like special breeds 
of athletes to play at that level, whether it was Notre Dame, Georgia, Michigan. I was like, yeah, that ain't for me. It's funny for me because I did the same thing with baseball. I'm like, they're they're recruiting kids that I've never even come across in my life. Yeah, so that I've never even played and, against in my life. And you know I, I was mean? like, oh, these are just for kids like from Florida, Texas, yeah, and right, California. Exactly. So then when I got there. I was more in awe of like, wow, how big it was, like, you know, the tailgating, like RVs everywhere. But my mentality was like, I could play with anybody. Sure. Uh, yeah, right. And so I was able to, when I got there, I was like, oh, these kids ain't better than me. Uh-huh. It was just that this is what they were around, yeah. right? You know what I mean? So you're getting, you're like, there's a lot of good athletes around here and BC you're hoping to get recruited by BC, but mm-hmm. some of these kids think in their mind, well, I can't play, you know, anywhere else, but you can, mm-hmm. you know, they put their, you know, pants and cleats on the same way you do. You, we just have that mindset of like, oh, we're not used to seeing it on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. Like they are in some of these other baseball places. was the same exact mm-hmm. way, but do you know how many right. recruits they lose out on? Cause they only care about football. I feel like. right. Right. So and it's y- like, think about how many kids ended up at Vanderbilt. Right. When they won that. Nat- there was like four guys from Massachusetts. Right. Like the pitching staff. Alone, right. You know what right. I'm saying? Clemson guys mm-hmm. end up at North Carolina. Right. Like it's crazy. Right. And, and it's just like, Sometimes I wish BC cared a little bit more about something other than the, the base. I mean, the hockey program, really, right. to be honest with you. Yeah, right. And um, But yeah, it's the same thing. You would see guys from Massachusetts. You think Massachusetts, so you don't think like amazing, at maybe not. Like you do about like Texas, California. Yeah, Florida, yeah, yeah. So the same mentality. Yeah, have, right? that's all it is. Yeah. They think that the only thing we play up there is hockey. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> Which um, we do play, but we do play other sports. No, 100%. Um, so... Like I said, um, going into the next segment here, as far as your kids playing football, how mm-hmm. did you feel from a guy who played his whole career? You know what I mean? Played football, uh-huh. obviously as a youth and stuff like that, right? With how this whole concussion thing has come with the NFL, mm-hmm. how people are holding their kids out to play and tackle football till they're in high school. Right. Like, what do you think about all that? Like, how like these viral clips of, like, coaches. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It looks like sometimes they're setting these kids up to get lit yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You feel bad. Yeah. How do you feel about all that shit? Well, you know, as somebody who was part of the concussion lawsuit, I think for me it was more about shining light on the issue. And now I think what the NFL has done is they've done a pretty good job in as far as the awareness, the technology, you know, there's independent guys. Back when I was playing, it was like, yeah, how many fingers am I holding up? It was like- Two. Are you alive? It was like, yeah, yeah. yeah, how many fingers? And you were like, I think it's, it's three. Yeah, you're right. It's three. Get yeah. out of there. You know <laughs> I mean? um, so, but, so now I think with the awareness and everything, the NFL has done a good job of the independent doctors, the practices, we kind of like, bust their balls a little bit and be like, all right, these guys are soft because the days of two-a-day, you know, training camps, when I played versus when I see them, I'm like, God, damn, I could have played another five Five years. Five years, right, Right? exactly, yeah. But they've done a good job with that. I I think as far as the NFL and even down in the college and even in the high school, for like youth sports, like parents, they have to make this decision. For me, I started my kids playing young, right? Um, But my biggest thing... When you play young, for me, when you start, like, you know, you see, they're like little bobbleheads running around. But literally, yeah. Yeah, it, you know, they, it's like, literally it, what it looks there's like. There's no, like, really size differential at that age, you know, when they're, like, you know, six or seven years old. There's no huge size. They're the giant. The helmets are too heavy. And the hits are not too bad. But for what, f- the way I look at it is, 
it's not about the hits that they sustain. It's about they know when they look at it, they can this kid play when he does get to high school and the size goes from, okay, here's a kid who's 6'4 to a kid who's 5'9. Five, five, yeah. five, right. You know, this kid's 220 pounds. This kid's 140 pounds. So go right. And guess what? You got to go tackle him. What Did you play where you got past that, I'm afraid to get hit, and I do it the right way? Right. That's what ends up happening. When you wait too long and they get to high school, they A, they... Now they're just learning how to tackle. And now when you're learning how to tackle and the 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 size differential mm-hmm. is in high school is, you know, once you could be two different ends of exact the spectrum. Exact same thing with youth hockey. Yeah. So it's right. When I played youth hockey, we were checking. In at, squirts, right? Yeah. We were checking when we were young. It's insane. Now they can't check their bantams. But the size differential. And when I played, you look at my hockey team photo, it was like. Like, here's everybody's heads. And then there's you. And then there's me. And then, like, you're right. That's yeah, a, right. That Because I was one of those kids that was, I, 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 you know, like I said, I had. A growth spurt fairly early, early until you're a big guy. So what ends up happening is if you wait too long, and I try to tell parents, what you wait too long is the kids don't learn how to tackle properly. So the first time they're doing it is in high school. And now they run to they the, run into kids who've been playing for four or five years. If the kid, if the if my kid goes out his freshman year, makes the team, right, and he's never been tackled before in his life, right. and he's got some junior senior linebacker, right. and everybody at him. makes the team. Remember that right. everybody makes the team. Football is not like a cut sport, so everybody makes the team. And now you get there first day of practice. Here's a kid. They're like, all right, we're doing some tackling drills. Now it's not as many tackling drills as they used to, and it takes a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. But now we're doing tackling drills. And all right, the kid goes, all right, I want to play quarterback. Or I played flag football. I've been this great quarterback. Now he's standing there in the pocket. There's never been a pass Some rush. guy comes flying up the A gap and, and lights you up. And then you got some kid who's like, been playing shit. since he's been seven years old who's got technique down. I mean, he's dipping and ripping. And, you know, he's hitting like, damn, they're a professional linebacker. He's down, yeah. dropping low, his head's to the side. And that's what I think ends up happening for kids who wait too long. Yeah. They don't get that exposure to like, if you play at six years old and you don't like getting hit, you ain't playing. You ain't, that's it. And you don't have to worry about no injuries. You wait too long. Now it's like, whoa. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it, like I said, in the same thing with youth it's, hockey. It's, it's very similar to youth you hockey. You go up there. You get, for one, like you said, guys need to, kids, I always say, need to learn how to receive hits. Right. How to roll your shoulder protect the right themselves, way. Protect right. yourself. You know, you're chipping a puck high off the yep. board. You know, you got a hit coming in. Right. How to protect yourself. Right. And also to like, Play responsibly. You can't. You see, I see so many guys right. and kids now skating just through the neutral zone with their head down. That's it. Just asking to get lit you up. You can get away with it in Pee Wee. Can get away with it in Pee Wee, dude. That ain't going to cut it when you get to yeah. a higher level of hockey. No. Some older, some guy is going to light you up. Right. It's in Pee Wee. You go, you know what? It's it's cool to be Connor McDavid at Pee Wee. You go from one, from one goal line to the other one and just skate around everybody. And next yeah. thing you know, top shelf. But when you do get to where you start checking and you got your head down, somebody's going to light you up. But I I would say hockey is very similar to kind of what's going on in football and how, you know, waiting too long sometimes can be more of a detriment. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. Um, Next segment we're going into really quick here. Uh, Pats have had a, I'm sure you've talked about this ad nauseum on EDI, (laughs) um, Pretty lackluster, mediocre hand job of a fucking oh, off geez, season. Right. I mean, do you think Bill spent money in the at the wrong time? 
Do you think it was it, it should have been this season instead of last season? Well, well, no. I I would I thought that based on what we saw last year, that all right, Bill was changing the way he did business because it's easy to do business with Brady, right? It's yeah, easy to do course. it that way. So now you didn't have Brady no more. So I thought maybe the philosophy was all right. We're gonna be players in free agency. You know, I know they spent a shit ton of money last year, but now we're going to be more of players in free agency. And maybe it's you're not spending a, you know, a whole bunch of money like you did last year, but you're active, right? right. You're, you know, you're you're making move on, you know, whether it's a, you know, Allen Robinson or Chandler Jones. I'm, or, I'm so mad they missed out on Allen Robinson. Right, but I love him. But at least you're, you, you know what? You're sitting down and you're going, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to play this hand. It's like, you know, like I was a big poker player, player you know, growing oh, up. Oh, you got to call Jay Fine. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you're a big poker player? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the yeah. Patriots are the team that they're sitting and waiting for pocket aces. Is right. They say, yeah. That's a phenomenal. <laughs> what a phenomenal analogy. Right. Yeah. And even yeah. when they get pocket aces, they're kind of like, you know, they're not going all in. They're just like, they're betting just enough. <laughs> so I think that's kind of, I thought they were going to be more aggressive on how they did things because- Guess what? You could play that way before because you always had Brady, who was your pocket aces, mm-hmm. you know. But now, now I, I I don't think you could do that. You have to be more aggressive in how you go into free agency, and that to me was just a shocker. Like what Bill's doing, like Bill, what you know? As it a feels fan, like, it feels like we ended up with all the. It it really does feel. I know we all wanted to compete last season. Right. Everybody wanted it, wanted something better than the Cam Newton season. Right. right. Everybody. I get it. It was great to see Bill being proactive about it. But now looking back, I'm like, what? And, and you're seeing these guys, like, you're seeing all these receivers flying around everywhere. I would have liked to snag Allen Rob. By the way, the cap doesn't exist in the NFL. No, 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 no. The we, Rams we, are inventing shit yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's, it's the cap is crap. It's, the, the cap is Mike crap. Mike Felga's been saying that for the longest time. And, you know. And, he's, and, he's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but you see guys like, like again, Amari Cooper for the fifth and sixth, yep. Robert Woods for a fifth. Right. I mean, what the hell is going on here? Right. What are we doing? I, I'm, if, I'm a, if I'm a guy like – I think Bill, as far as the free agency acquisitions last year, I think he went, what, one for five maybe? Was Jalen Mills and Davon Godshaw worth the money? I know Judon obviously was. Well, so you would say last year, right, based off of what we know last year. Mm-hmm. And when I say a hit, like, okay, this guy contributed and he was a solid player. Correct. So I would say you hit on Judon, yeah, you absolutely. hit on Hunter Henry. How, correct. You probably hit on Godchild, right? You He was uh, only two years, so that wasn't that bad. Right. Jalen Mills, it's kind of like, yeah, maybe it's a hit, but it's not like the spectacular hit, right? John O. Smith, what's what is what, John O. Smith? I don't know what's going on. And Nelson Aglow, a complete miss. You hit on Kendrick Bourne. So, but that's generally what free agency is, right? right? I get that, it, yeah. It's like, all right, you're not gonna hit on every single guy. guy right. Right. And so because they missed on a few guys. Is that now the mindset of, well, we're not going to pay guys? That's my – right. And that's what I'm saying is like, do we uh, – it's it's weird. Like, you look at – they probably broke even, I guess you could say, in free agency. You missed on two. You got one that kind of broke even with Davon Godshaw, and then you had two that kind of landed for you. I would say, like you said, Hunter Henry mm-hmm. and obviously Judon. Right. Right. I just don't know what – is is keep what everybody else it does bill just not want to spend the money what 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 is he is he is he kind of see i would say normally yes but what happened last year that you spent the money 
Well, why did you spend it last year? See, because I would people would say, "Well, Bill right. don't want to spend money." Well, why did he spend it last year? Do you think he was trying to catch back up to Brady? Do you think the Brady thing made him feel like like kind of like inferior and stuff? Like, well, then if you feel that way, then what has changed from last year to this year that you wouldn't continue that? That exactly. That's my point. You had a decent. You had you got a couple nice free agents last right. year. You know what I'm saying? And now the 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 field is so much broader. There's so mm. much better talent available this year. Right. You think he would have been like, oh, absolutely, we're going out there. You know? Right. And plus, you didn't re-sign Karras. Right. Right. You traded Shaq Mason. Yep. So you have some money to play with here, mm -hmm. and you're just watching teams pass. Everybody else is getting better. Right. And and I think you know. So now it becomes well, is it Bill back to what Bill is used to doing in the past, or is it? Please God, no. I can't do another Razai Dowling. No, no. Like <laughs> is it a Robert Kraft stepping in and going, all right, well, we hit on a few guys last year, and normally that's not how we do it. You know, so that, I think that's like the dynamic that everybody's struggling with is like looking at it and going like, you know, especially when you had a, a team, did Bill in his mind think that they overachieved last year? But why would you spend all this money prior to the season in free agency if you think you were only going to have a team that was just going to be okay. Right. You know what I mean? You spent too much money. So so it, 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 it's like the, the million-dollar question that we're trying to figure out, like what is going on in free agency that is making you – your biggest move right now is probably what, Ty Montgomery? Yeah, it's weird. Like I, didn't non, know, I didn't know he was non, in the league still. Non, non – Patriot player who was with you last year. Right. Right. So when you think of free agency, that's what we think about. Maybe where, like, if, if you resign JC Jackson, go, okay, but non. Would you have paid him? I would have paid him. But when you look at the the non players you resigned that were Patriots last year, your biggest move is Ty Montgomery. And you just wonder, like, what is Bill seeing when you look at the team and you go, okay, on paper, they got a lot of holes that they need to fill. Yeah. Right? You need somebody opposite of Matthew Judon, which Vaughn Miller was out there. Chandler Jones was, was out there. there. The kid, uh, Zadarius Smith, Smith, who yep. just signed with the Absolutely. Viking, was out. So you had three really good- Randy uh, Gregory was out there. Yes. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence was out there. Demarcus Lawrence was out so there. So there were plenty of guys to fill that yeah. spot, right? You look at, uh, maybe you want to go the inside linebacker out of- Go in the draft. Maybe you didn't feel like there were enough guys in free agency. I felt like the wide receiver, there were plenty of guys plenty. out there. Absolutely. Where you, oh, I don't want to pay a guy $16, $17 million. You don't want to pay Allen Robinson that kind of money. You don't want to pay Amari Cooper that kind of money. I, don't, I hope he's not gun shy because he missed on Aguilar, who everybody knows can't catch the ball anyway. Right, right. So so did that make you gun shy, right? And then you start to look and you go, what, what's going on here where you know, you're not making these moves. What's got you gun shy? What's got you not wanting to spend money? Is it you? Is it Kraft saying, well, you know what? We're not going to tighten it up a little bit. We met, Like you said, we missed on a couple guys last year. It scared us back into what we used to be before. So I ultimately just, I I, I mean, I, I battle with this question all the time. I don't understand what Bill is doing in this situation. And the other thing is I I don't understand also, do we have the least likable coaching staff on planet Earth right now at right, this point? Right, but see, but that, I'm not as big as like, you know, panties in a bunch type of yeah. like, oh my God, who's on your coaching staff? Who's this Nick Cayley? You know, why are you bringing back Joe Judge and why are you bringing back Matt Patricia? Like that to me, I'm not like super concerned about that. Like, 
Because no one knew who Josh McDaniel was back in 04. Right. You know what I mean? No one knew who Matt Patricia was until right. 2017, right. Nobody, whatever it was. Nobody knew who Brian Flores was. So that, I think, you know, when you look at maybe he, Bill, his coaching style, and he's kind of always been this way, is kind of like, all right, I'm going to take these no-namers, I'm going to groom them, they're going to climb up the ladder. Where some guys, some, you know, coaches you start to see, Oh, they go and get that hot young coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. But that's no bills. But I don't really find that to be a major issue. I, I'm more concerned for Mac Jones and how his relationship is with whoever the new quarterback coaches, right? Right. And then who becomes the play caller? Did so, you want O'Brien? Did you want Bill back, O'Brien? I would have took Bill. I would have took Billy O'Brien. I think Bill's an asshole, but all right, I, all right, but I think his personality is different. But I think you know. As a uh, like as an offensive coordinator, I think he's established, right? So now you're going with an unestablished guy who, whether it's Nick Cayley mm-hmm. or whether it's Joe Judge, because I don't think it's going to be Matt Patricia, right? Whether it's one of those two guys who now takes on. And when I say the offensive coordinator role, I mean more of the guy who's calling the plays sure. on Sunday on the sidelines. Yep. And the guy that's going to, when Mac Jones goes sit down, he's going to sit right next to him. They're going to go over the Microsoft and say, hey, what you see here? What, you, what was this here? Go through the pitches. Like, <clears throat> and then who is that guy? And then who is the guy who's in his ear calling the place? Mm-hmm. You know, and so now that's where I see maybe the concern might be the relationship. Because I don't know, maybe Nikhaley could be good. And who the hell knows? In another year or two, Nikhaley's the next hot, hot and coming thing. We see it all the time right, in coaching. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that could very well be the. Yeah. It, it could be. But like you said, where. If you're one of those people like Chris Curtis, you know, young, I'm on the Greg Hill show. Yep. Chris Curtis is one of those like, oh, I got the coaching staff, the coaching staff, the coaching staff. So if you're one of those people where you think like that, if that's the way you think, then this coaching staff to you is going to look like shit. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? But I'm not as kind of, uh, I'm not as kind of tripping on that. I think, I just think Mac needs a veteran like guy in his ear, to be honest with you. I, 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 I don't like Bill O'Brien, but I would trust him with Mac. Right. Because you feel like you don't know what Nick Kaylee is or Joe Judge, right? Right. And Joe I- Judge, his, based on what we know, he's more of a special teams, you know, guy. Did that hiring in New York make any sense to you really quick side note? The special nah, teams guy I, getting I, a head coach gig like I, that? You know what? It didn't. But then again, they hire people all the time. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know why they hired that guy. And I think it's more because, you know, maybe he was on Bill's staff. Bill has a lot to do with it. If you coach on the Bill, there's a good chance that somebody's going to, you know. Want to poach you from somewhere. Yeah, I think like, shot. oh, bring me some of that Bill magic. Even though yep. the guys that have have that have been under the Bill coaching tree and went other places, haven't had the same success, but they just think that because you were on his coaching staff, they you can bring that magic. The thing that surprised me about this J.C. Jackson or the Chargers thing was like, he the franchise tag was 17-something million, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't he sign for that per year? He's not I, like, didn't he get like five for 82? Yeah. It's, yeah, I, it's I, like the same amount that he would have. No, so we, as we, I heard we actually offered him more, but the guaranteed money in Yeah, the, see, LA it's more about, okay. well, anytime you see a contract, right? I always tell people this anytime. Never look at like the, you know, you know, like Von Miller did six for 120. Never look at that. Always look at the fully guaranteed money. Not even the total guaranteed, the fully guaranteed. So he got fully guaranteed 40 million. So you know he's getting that. And then I think his third year was like another 17. So there's a good chance 
that he probably gets. It's a three-year deal, and he ends up getting like right. 50-something yep. million. That's what I always look at. Look at those type of numbers, um, and then you'll be able to determine, okay, was it because maybe New England was like, all right, we only want to give you $30 million in guaranteed right. or $25 million. Look at the fully guaranteed money. That will determine, like Von Miller. Von Miller goes to Buffalo. His contract is basically a three-year deal. With about fifty-four million fully right. guaranteed, or right. you know, thirty, like thirty-eight of it fully guaranteed, and then that third year, you can kind of you know look at it like, all right, here's what he's probably going to end up making, mm-hmm. and that's what the J.C. Jackson deal is 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 looking like. Right. So that's what you have to look at. You see, um, like whether it was the Allen Robinson deal, I can't remember what his fully guaranteed numbers were. I want to say he signed for three for forty five, so I'm guessing the guaranteed somewhere around thirty. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, so now you look at okay, this is a definite two and uh, two and thirty, so what puts him at about fifteen million right. a year, right? And then that third year is always like, all right, let's see what that third year is. If it's a, a three year deal, is a good chance that you probably get that. If it's like a five or a six year deal, then you're probably only getting a three year deal unless you continue to outplay it. So I, I think. Was Bill not willing to spend 40 to let's call it 55, 58 million to bring JC Jackson back? Now, and the other thing, last thing is like if I'm JC Jackson, right? One, Sandy, the Chargers are offering me more guaranteed. I get that. Two, mm-hmm. if you're looking at the roster composition here, oh, yeah. They just traded for Khalil Mack. Yep. They re signed Mike Williams. Right. That I'm like, these guys are going for it. Right. I'm going to, I'm like, we're sitting here doing jack shit. I'm out of here. You got I'm going, Justin, I'm going you to got, LA. You Absolutely. got Justin Herbert, who Herbert. looks like he's he's gonna be. But even then, players, especially their first contracts like a JC Jackson, yeah. it's always about the money. Oh yeah. It is I don't always blame and, and and right and rightfully I don't blame him either because you never know one injury boom your football boom, career is over yeah, exactly. and it's not like other sports where it's guaranteed so I always look at and I, I we talked about we always talk well, I think we're talking about this on uh, uh, on the show is like Christian Kirk Christian Kirk went to Jacksonville only because Jacksonville offered him the most amount they've of money. had the worst they I, I honest to God I would rather the Patriots have their offseason than Jacksonville I think Jacksonville paid everybody's like third best player mm-hmm. way too much money right now 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 that's a different conversation whether or not they overpaid a guy but when guys are going places in free agency you know everybody says oh well you get somebody to come here and take less money no you ain't getting a guy to take less money. Like, you could have right. got Von Miller, but you were going to have to pay him. Right. Right? Von Miller's not going to say, oh, I'm going to go to Buffalo for less. The Patriot winning discount isn't there anymore. The Brady factor isn't no, there anymore. That, that That is not there, especially because the Brady yeah. factor is not there. And the factor, like, all right, well, they sure seem like they're still a good football team, but there's no guarantee mm-hmm. that they're going to be. And, and so now I think, and you're going to need players like a Von Miller who's like, all right, I got two championship rings. Maybe I'll go to New England for twelve million a year, versus going to, or, or maybe I'll go to New England for twenty five million guaranteed versus going to Buffalo for thirty. And meanwhile, you but you look at the guy like how guys want to spend a guy like who's won two Super Bowls already, like Von Miller. You got to think at that point like he's won everything he needs to. He right. wants to win. So a, a place like I'm surprised he went to Buffalo. I mean, obviously the guaranteed money was that high, but like again, a destination spot I call it somewhere mm. like. Miami. Right. Tampa. But see, I don't think he's in that mode. I think Von Miller's in the mode of like, Von Miller is in the mode of like, who's going to give me the most amount of money? Sure. And where do I have a chance of winning? Right. right. So 
I'm probably not going to take 55 million to go to Jacksonville, for example. Right. But I will take 55 million to go to Buffalo. Yeah. Or I'll even take like 50 million to go to Buffalo. Right. Because I'm A, I'm going to get my money, and B, I'm still going to have a chance to win. So I think when you're in that Von Millick state, because you had already won a Super Bowl and then you would make basically two Super Bowls. Now, when you start to look at like some of the other players and you you look at and you go, okay. Joe, Jason Pierre-Paul, right? He's won a Super Bowl. Two now. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Two Super Bowls, excuse me. Mm. And now, all right, maybe he might look and go, where can I make the most money? My last payday. Yeah, my last p- payday and maybe still have a chance to win. I'm I don't a wanna, veteran somewhere that won't break my balls. Yeah, I don't want to you know go somewhere and just get a payday and we suck. I still want to be like, you know, names in the light. So he's somebody to look at. Now if somebody doesn't have no Super Bowls, then maybe they go, okay, can I go someplace, a veteran who goes, I'm still going to get money, but I'm going to have a chance to win. Someone like Akeem Hicks, who's still a free agent, if I'm not Yeah, mistaken. yeah, He's you go, uh, you know, like, all right, I'm still going to have a chance to win. And then I think maybe that's when you taking a little bit less to go someplace and win comes into play, but a little bit less is a little bit yeah. less. It's oh, yeah. not like, all right, we're going to, you know, they're offering me 30 and you're offering me 15. Right. I'm not coming to you for 50. Uh-huh. You know, so there's a, like, you know, like that, I'm going to get to take a haircut. Yeah. Uh, just cut a little bit off the top. Yeah, right, so exactly. I think that's the biggest thing. And the Patriots, if they're willing to spend the money, I think they can get the guys, but it doesn't even seem like they're willing to do that. Uh, and the the closing point on this is, we just went over the 2019 draft last year, last week, Jay Fine. We went right. we went back a few years. Okay. A few yeah, years. From 2019. Yeah. Wiggy, the only guy, I think it was just Damian Harris was the only hit of the whole draft. Yeah, they have the, not the, been good drafters. The, 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 like, no. it, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not even you got this homegrown talent. I got to say, people can shit talk Mike Tomlin all they, all they want. Mm-hmm. That guy's a damn, he might be the best drafter in the league. Well, I think it would be the GM. I don't know. I forget what or, the uh, GM. Or, I'm sorry, the GM, um, was it Kevin Colbert for yeah, all Yeah, it might right? be for Pittsburgh, yeah. Even still, but you have a guy right there. Like, the, well, the thing is, Pittsburgh has an established GM right. and, a, and well, a head coach. Not Bill doing both. Well, that's what I'll say. Bill, Bill has missed on a couple draft picks. But if you go back and you look at... You know, who they say are the top GMs, everybody misses on draft picks, right? Oh, a thousand percent. It's just, it's been here a little bit recently with Bill. It's like, oh man, he's missed on some guys. So I think that's why Bill gets criticized a little bit as far as, as now, granted, he, you might say he missed on certain guys, but you did have a guy like Sony Michelle help you win a Super Bowl. It's like you have to kind of look and go. Did you need the first round pick? Right, on that right, guy right. Though? Yeah. See, I, I get, I understand that point. You know what I mean? I understand that point. But then you start to factor in the GM. Not only does draft, he does free agency. So I never like give Bill as much shit as other people when it comes to him as a as as a front GM. office. Yeah. Because you got to look at this, right? If you went and look and you go, the last five years, Bill as a GM, you won what? Two Super Bowls, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and yeah. what other GM can say that? Like, that's how I view that, right? right? Um, so that, I think, is the thing. Like, I don't give him as much. Has he missed on some guys? Yeah, but every GM does that. As You know, the Nikhil Harris, the, you know, Isaiah Wynn doesn't look like he's panning out. So you, you yes. don't think so? Uh, not really. I'm not sold on him as a left tackle. Really? I, I, I you think, think he's a guard? 
you know, left tackle, he's given up a ton of sacks. He's, you know, he's he's been hurt for a few times. So that too. Yeah, it, it's just, but when you start to look at like build a GM, you start you gotta look at it like from 30,000 feet, because people go, okay, the last couple of years, and I and I agree with that. But you also, you know, he's a guy that's in the last five years, you've been to two Super Bowls and um been pretty successful. I think this is going to be the biggest year of Bill's career and see what he gets out of this team. Yeah. I, I, not big career, I, not career, but I'm, I'm just, I mean, that's I know hyperbole, what you're but you know yeah, what I mean? I know exactly what you're I, saying. I think this is going to be like, okay, you're not going to spend this. Like, now you better come up with something. He's going to have to, he'll be, you, we interview him every Monday on the Gray Hill Show, mm-hmm. and he is going to have a lot of questions that, I mean, he probably won't answer it's them. right. But there's going to be a lot of questions thrown his way, like, especially if the team's not doing well, yeah. you know, you got looking at another six and 12. So whatever the hell it is, or something like that, yeah, or something it, worse than last year. Well, yeah. Which, you know, based on, if you just step back and you looked at it, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm a diehard Pats fan, just like the next guy. But if you step back and you look at it and you look at their schedule and you look at what everybody else is doing in the AFC, you go, Whew. you got to play Cleveland. They're better with Deshaun. You got to play the Colts. They're better with, with Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. I agree. You got to play Baltimore. It, Lamar Jackson, if he's healthy, they're going to be better. Yep. You got to play Denver. They're better. They're better. better. Yep. Right? Do they play Denver this year? No, I don't think they play Denver, but Denver so got better. Avo- so they're avoiding the AFC West. Yeah, Denver got, but Denver got better. Yep. So uh, as far as a, a wild card sp- uh, then spot. Then Mi- Miami and the Jets both got better. Yeah, I mean, Miami's there. I still, I'm not really concerned as much with the Jets, but Buffalo, you're chasing this Buffalo's. Well, that's I right. feel like Buffalo wins the division. Now you're chasing that wild card spot, but you're looking at the Chargers got better. Denver got better. The Raiders got, got better. better. Yep. Fucking, uh, we just talked about Cleveland got better. Yep. The Colts got better. It's like Cincinnati. Yep. So yeah, you're going, all right, what, can we win our division? Uh, if not, then that means, all right, we have what? Seven, mm, six, five, right. three wildcard spots. And you start to look at all these teams that got better. Who, you know, so I think that's like, <clears throat> when you look at it, it's like, you, it, it's going to be an uphill battle for them on the field, especially when you start to see the team that they're putting on the field. Yeah. Again, if he's anything less than last year, mm-hmm. he's going to have some he's he's going to have some issues. I feel bad you got to get going. I don't want to hold you up. Wait a couple more minutes. Okay. Chop let's it up for a couple just let, more. Just let me know. Yeah. Um, got it. Real quick, we have, we have a question from the live stream here. Uh do you can you touch on your your rivalry with Steve Smith and kind of <laughs> they 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 want to know a little bit about him on and off the field and I, I what would, are your thoughts on I, that? I would say this you know, I, I've had the opportunity to play with a ton of wide receivers, great wide receivers. I would say Steve Smith is probably one of the top five best wide receivers that I've ever played with. And when you look at talent-wise, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, him and I had a situation back, you know, some years ago, you know, where I had said something on the radio that, you know, I felt like as a player in the locker room, he could be a little bit of a bully, you know, bullying certain guys. He he didn't like that. I saw him, you know, some words were exchanged, nothing physical happened. Like I said, I only have a little bit of gas left on in the tank, right? And now, uh, you know, um, and then now he's gone on to basically do what it is he got mad at me for doing, which is, you know, kind of talking about people and and right. sports and everything. But you know, you 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 got to play with a lot of guys on a lot of different teams. Some guys you're going to rock with. Some guys, you know, you're not going to be fans. But I remember Wesley Walls, who was on that team, or, you know, Carolina. Tight end. Yeah, tight end was like, listen, I'm not going to like all you guys, 
But as long as I can count on you between the lines, um, that's all that matters. And I think that's what, you know, was part of Steve Smith's DNA was the fact that, you know, which made him a great player is the fact that he always wanted to prove people wrong. And, you know, that's probably why he's going to be a guy who's going to go into the Hall of Fame. So, you know, we had our, we had our words, but it is what it is, you know, and he's I, doing his thing and I'm I doing think, mine. I think Steve... I, I was never a huge – I always respected Steve's talent. I never was a huge fan of him, like, with his mouth and everything. Like Again, not, right. that, I, not that I don't like guys that talk. I love a guy that right. can talk. Love loved that. But like you said, Steve always struck me as somebody who was like – like, I remember he had, like, a situation where, like, he sucker punched a teammate or something right, like that. Right, right. I'm like, you know what? Like I'm like, dude – and a guy who coaches now, I coach, like, high school baseball right. still – I never understood the mentality of fighting with guys like right. like, like you're on. Like, but I think on. a lot of it becomes, you know, it is an acquired taste. But a lot, of, I think a lot of it is about how you come up as an athlete. Yeah. And you know, part of his backline, background of coming up as an athlete, where you know he had to fight for a lot of things, and so you know that's kind of like you know part of your DNA. And you're gonna have guys like you know that that that's you know that's how they are. They're you know they're very like. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Like w- when you see them on the field, they play with everything they got. They're yeah. explosive. They're never they're, question is that they're, they're like confrontational mm-hmm. because this is how they have to make themselves. And this is how they fought their whole career. Mm-hmm. And so this becomes part of it. And then as, and like I told them, I said, well, that was the younger Steve Smith because we were talking about him coming to New England. And I was like, I'll take him in a minute. But I remember the younger Steve Smith and every player has to mature. So I think that's kind of the biggest thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's about kind of like, right, and I, that that goes in like you have to transition at some point right. out of that mentality. Right. Like, well, not out of the mentality, but kind of like m- make it a part of you as an adult and kind of use that fuel for like different right. And things. so I was with him as the early part of right. the career, the same way I was with Brady, and so. I, you know, I wasn't with him in the later parts of his career where he might have changed and it might have been a different player. So, you know, but I, that's kind of what that whole thing was. Do you remember your uh, welcome to the NFL moment? Did you have one? Were, you, uh, like, were trying to block? Like, did they put you on a guy to block on a play and do like kind of like just gassed you or something like that? I, I like my welcome to the NFL moment might have been. I think it was my rookie year when I got a chance to play. I was playing with the Jets or maybe my undrafted free. Yeah, undrafted. And we, it was actually against New England and it was going against Willie McGinnis. And I was like, that's hilarious. I was like, man, because he had these long, long, and I remember when they drafted him, right? And he had these long arms and he was big and he was physical. And I was like, damn, these are guys I'm supposed to block? Yeah. Like, that was like, I couldn't block them. He like, looks like he could still play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's one of those guys that he definitely does look like he still play. Like, my thing was running routes and getting open. I could catch everything, and I, you know, I felt like nobody could cover me. But my welcome to the NFL moment was like, you know, remembering Willie as a fan, watching him, and then actually being on the field because it was him and Chris Slade. Yeah, And I remember right. me coming up here, playing a new, uh, coming up here to play, and I got an opportunity to get, you know, get like we call them, get get a couple crumbs. And I was like, man. And I was like, okay, wow. You know, this We're is. We're in the show. Yeah. I mean, it's like my training show. camp moments. You going against your own guys, Mo Lewis. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. you got to factor in. You're doing this now. And now there's, you know. 60,000 people watching you. Right. I'll never the forget. The game's on TV. Right. I'll never forget my first play in the NFL. I get in the huddle and I was with the Jets. 
And Richie Anderson, who was like uh Who's the quarterback? Testaverde. Testaverde was the quarterback. And Richie Anderson was a really good football Solid player. Greaser, by like the he way. was a hybrid fullback, running back, could do pretty much everything. Testaverde was the quarterback. And Fred um um yeah, what was Fred's last name? Why am I drawing a blank on his last name right now? Playing for the Jets or for the Pats? Yeah, no, he played for the he played for the Jets, tight end. Fred Baxter. Fred Baxter. Okay. I was drawing a blank. He he had gotten nicked up. And so I had gotten the, I was just like a special teams guy. And I got in the game, my first action in the huddle. And I remember Testa Verde coming in the huddle. And I'm in the huddle and we're, 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 we're um, playing obviously at, at home. And there's just sea of people. And it's like, he comes in the huddle and he's like, trips, right? Break. I didn't hear anything. And you're like, what the fuck did this I had, guy just call? I yeah, had exactly. no idea what he called, what That's he said. Hysterical. Nothing. I love it. All I heard was break. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. What's the play? And Richie was next to me. And I was like, I, had, I was like, Richie, what's it on? Yeah. I had no idea what the play was. I had no idea what the snap count was. I was like, fuck. And... I'm looking out of the corner of my eye. I'm like kind of waiting for the ball to be snapped. I don't know if I'm supposed to run a route or block. You're two and seconds I, late off the line. I, yeah. I'm just like looking. And as soon as the ball move, I'm like, please be a run because I'm just going to block the guy in front of me. Right. When all else fails, block the guy in front of you. And like that was like my first introduction to the NFL as like a player and how the game was just like, what? You know, yeah. we call like, you know, it's like trips, right? You know, two jet, you know, Y go Z slant, you know, halfback swing. And you hear none of that. And it's like on one and you don't even hear the snap count. And you're walking up to the line and you're like, what happened? You, you know, Richie's next to me. I'm trying to like, what do you say? What then you're thinking like, I'm going to fuck this up and they're never going to put me on. I'm right, right. I'm tomorrow. never going to play. I'm going to get cut tomorrow. Richie's thinking about his own shit. He's not worried about telling me to play. Yeah. I'm looking around. I'm like, there's this giant of a man in front That's of me. Hysterical. And it's like, I think we were playing against the Buffalo Bills. So I don't even remember who was in front of me. Like, and I'm like, oh my God, what the hell is going on here? And, and I was just like, and that was like, welcome to the league. And what's crazy is I remember that. But then I remembered as I started to play, everything became, I remember then when I really started to get more and more playing time and when I, you know, whether, when I got to Minnesota and I, you know, <clears throat> was doing well over there, I remember times, there were times that I was looking at the coverage and the quarterback was calling the play and I knew exactly what was going on. Like it, the game slowed down so much. Yeah. Where I could be doing so much other shit and he's calling the play. Like, I don't even really need to be in the huddle looking at you. Just call the play. I'm looking at the coverages, this, that, and the other. And it was like, boom, coming up there. And I'm thinking about four, five, six different things before, you know, looking at guys. Is he light? Is he on his toes? And just the way the game changed for me. Yeah. To to go from, wow, this is what it was like to this is where I got. Mm -hmm. it, it Like, that whole element was like... Game went from being in fast forward to now you're in like slow motion. Slow motion. Yeah, like I'm like, oh shit, I see you coming. You ain't fooling nobody. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Right. And like slow motion of it. Um, and that was like, like you said, that was like, oh man, that first time of like, am I gonna get cut to the more and more you play, the more and more you start to learn and study and to get comfortable. So I could see like guys like Brady, it's like, 
for an yeah. undrafted guy, like, dude, like, the, the stress that people don't talk about enough <laughs> on you guys is to, like, I, I just don't know that I, it's like every day, like, you don't know. You're like, did I yeah. fuck something up? Every did day. I, did I do something? Like, am right. I going to get cut? Is this the day? Am, every is it over day. Now? Every, it's like every single day, every play, you're like, oh my God, is this the day I'm going to get cut? Is this the day that the Reaper's going to come get me? Like, every training camp, you're like, you're looking at your phone, you're like, okay. All uh, right, cut times four o'clock. What time is it? Three fifty-seven. Oh, I could, I, I, I couldn't do yeah, it. I, mean, I could never do you're that. You're waking up. You're like, oh shit. Oh, you're waking up. Oh, my my agent didn't call me yet. No, this no, is awesome. Yeah, no, no. Usually you get a call. Like, hey, you get a call. It's like, oh, uh, coach wants to see. Coach wants to see. Bring oh, your playbook. So you're like, you're looking at it. You know, it's like Saturday. The deadline. You're like, all right, it's two thirty. I still haven't got a call yet. All right, I'm good. It's two. 235. I still haven't got a call yet. I'm good. It's 240. It's 250. You're like, oh my God. Four, I couldn't handle that. Four o'clock. I would need medication. It's like, couldn't handle yeah, it. Yeah. And then that's what it's like. And then it's like, oh, whoo, I finally made it. And then it's like, oh, shit. Now you, you're a big, you, uh, you're Hello? a Hello? Yeah. Oh, bring my playbook. All right. Oh Fuck. my God. Then it's call my wife, babe. Gonna have to figure something out. Yeah. I say, yeah. <laughs> I'm coming home. I'll be back. I remember I, I got cut. I remember I got cut, uh, from the Jets. Um, and I was home playing like tag rush with the guys at the stadium in East Boston, like just trying to stay in shape, you know. Yeah. And I, like that's what it was. It was like, was is that it? Like, so my career could have been like, you know, forget about you and I talking here. Might we still probably be talking, but I would just be, you know, we're on our own podcast. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, because like I remember this guy who played for the Jets for a half hour. Yeah, 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 right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I remember playing for the Jets. I was with them a half hour, and then I was, you know, and then I started. You know, I'm like a, I'm like a legend when it comes to tag rush, right? Right, you exactly. Know? Yeah, I'm done. I, and I remember playing tag rush, and like, um, and like that's what I was doing, like to kind of stay in shape and 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 still. And then you know, fortunately, I was got another opportunity, and you know, just run, run. You know, I was able to run with it. But that's kind of what the career, career was like. I could have just been the guy who had the cup of coffee and was playing tag rush. I know, and it's crazy how like it works out like that with some yeah. guys. Like everybody has a different path to the league, right? I guess it's just a matter of what you do with it when you get there. You know right. what I'm saying? But even yours is filled with that uncertainty in the beginning, the early days, right? Because you ended up playing what in the NFL like eight years, eight years, yeah, eight, yeah. That's a yeah. damn good career, man. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. The yeah. average is three. Yeah, the average. You is were there three. five long. Than the yeah, guy, that man. is that is true, and I set a couple records at that level. So who, yeah, go figure, right? Absolutely, yeah. no, hundred percent. And um, how do you call it? I mean, th- we talked about this on uh, on the phone the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, when a guy comes home, you see this with the Bruins. You don't see it as much with the Celtics. Sometimes with the Red Sox. When a guy comes home mm-hmm. to play for his hometown team, and the whole thing becomes, can you get me tickets? Yeah. What's up? This that, and you're you're a city guy. Yeah. It's like it's got to be triple what it is for anybody else from a regular hottie. Right, right, right. With people like, yo, hook it up, this, that, Mm -hmm. and the other thing. People thinking you owe them something. You talked to me briefly about this in the pre-interview. How did you? And you you basically just had a couple of guys that were like, listen, don't fucking, don't break it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a couple guys that were kind of like, you know, guys I grew up with that were like the buffer, you know. And if it was like, if I knew you and I was hanging out with you and like, you know, right. you were calling me to see how I was doing. Like, all right, not a problem. I'll take care of you. But if, like, I didn't know you or something like that, and you know, like, if I had to go to my buddy, like, hey, who's that again? Yeah, you already know. Like, I, yeah, I yeah, you know, you know yeah, what I mean. Exactly. If my buddy goes, if I could ask who you are, like, yeah, no, yeah, like if no. my if I'm standing there and 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 you know somebody's walking up to me and my buddy goes, yo, that's 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 Jimmy. Jimmy, you remember Jimmy from so and so? That's Jimmy. You'd be like, yeah. no, that's why I'm asking. And he's like, and he's like, tell him. He's like, yeah, that's Jimmy. That's Jimmy. And you're like, oh, what's up, kid? How the fuck you been? You know, right. it's like 
you know, oh, you know, can you get me some tickets? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, you knew, like, I always had, like, a, a nice little buffer of uh, the couple kids that always made sure that, like, uh, you know, like, right. they would be like, you know, they, like, people would go, hey, you think you could get me tickets? Mm-hmm. And then they would go to them, and then they would bring to me, like, yo, so-and-so is looking for tickets. Can you get them some? And you had to trust them at that point to be like, yo, don't come to me with some, like, some, oh, but some they, yeah, well, they, that I don't even yeah, fucking they, know. They knew, they knew they weren't coming to me with, like, they knew, like, if... They knew exactly. I didn't even have to tell them that. It yeah. was like, yeah, we're not going to go to you with no bullshit. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, where where, uh, where you like to eat? You're well, I guy. mean, you know, I'm an East Boston guy, so, I mean, there's a ton of places, you know, obviously. I'm a Kelly's Pub guy till I fucking die, by the oh, way. Oh, you're a Kelly's Pub? I used to work at the one in Peabody. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. for the yeah, 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 so, yeah. So, uh, uh, yep. yeah. I think it's most underrated pizza in the whole state. Oh, Kelly's is good. You know, like, you know, Dan, I was telling him, my best friend, his wife, Susan, works there. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um. Yeah, Kelly's is really good. I you were Javelli's yeah, guy. I was a Javelli's guy. You know, my mother used to love Javelli's, but I remember when Kelly's Pub used to be down uh, Central Square. Yeah, Central Square, right? And um, uh, Snapper, yep. um, used to work there. You know, obviously, bartending forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yep, know, uh, Mark Janger and Wayne Janger, yep. they were brothers. So I, I know you said maybe your dad knows those guys. They were his best friends. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I remember when Kelly's was there, and then Kelly's moved to where it is now, Bennington Street now. Yeah, but across the street we grew up. That's where we used to watch the Bruins games. That used to be Christie's Pizza. Oh, that's right. And Holy so shit. like a lot of the kids, like you know Nicky Verano, mm-hmm. you know Nicky Verano. Yeah, of course. He had Victor's. His uncle had right across from right. from Kelly's. There was yep. a corner store there. That's where Nicky. I always tell people like all the time, like everybody's oh Nicky's such. He's a great guy. I know Nicky. I know Nicky. Everybody know he's got the wrestlers. I'm like I remember when Nicky used to make the subs. Yeah. And his uh, uncle's stuff um, in the back, you know, and make the subs right in there. And I'd go in there and I he'd know exactly what I want. I'd buy cigarettes for my grandmother because I lived right around the corner on Saratoga Street. Right. So a lot of these places like you know Kelly's that been around for a while. You know, how are you on tops? I, I I like I love tops. You know what I mean. Okay. I, I mean, because I love the cornmeal on the bottom of the pizza. Yeah. See, you know what? I think tops is a fork and knife pizza. I think it's good. I got it. I can't lie. I think it's a little bit. I do think it's a little overrated. I'm not trying to drop a hot okay, take. Okay. All right. All right. I, but you know, like but you know, but you know what it is though. I don't like a heavy pie. I don't like a heavy pizza. Okay. So. For people that like heavy pizza, you'll love Santapio's. Well, they put their, like, Santapio's puts their toppings underneath the cheese. Right. Yeah, so I don't, I, you know, you grew up on, whether it was Kelly's, Christie's Pizza, the Coopers, it's yep. kind of still up the heights. Cuchiello's had a decent bakery yeah, pizza, Cuchiello, too. Yeah, Cuchiello had, but his was more the Sicilian-style yeah, right. pizza, right? So, uh, obviously, Santapio's. Um those are kind of like the pizza places that you grew up on in Eastie. Mm-hmm. You know, then the roast beef joints are big. Uh, I was uh, big. We're, we're a big Royal Roast Beef podcast Royals is here. Big. I fucking love yeah, it. Yeah, Royals is huge. I think I could we, seafood now. Every now and then we used to go into Beachmont. Beachmont's roast beef is good. We used to have Riley's roast beef, which was right in Day Square. We used to love yeah. Riley's. But the roast beef. And then, you know, then there's obviously like Meridian Market. Subs were big. Mm-hmm. So Meridian Market. Roy's. Roy's cold cuts, yeah. yeah. Roy's, I used that to. That guy doesn't fuck around, man. You know, I, Roy's was big for me because I was a boys' club kid, and the boys' club is right around. We used to be right around the corner from yep. Roy's. So you go. My mother would be like, you know, nine o'clock when the boys' club opened till fucking nine o'clock when it closed. Yeah. That's where you were. You came home from like, you know, I think they shut from like five to six. You come home for dinner. 
but it was like if you could scrounge up five bucks from somebody, you were going to Roy to get a sub or get a slushie. That guy hooked you up. Yeah, I'll get a slushie or something like that. And so Roy's and then he used to put a ton of meat. Like when you got the Italian, it was just nothing but meat on meat on meat. So, but those are the subs I grew up on, just chicken palms from there. We say it all the time. You guys, my father, my father too, North End guy. You guys were so spoiled with food. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, everywhere. Yeah, 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 everywhere. Yeah, the North End was big. We used to even go Little Asia's got great Chinese. Yeah, we food. used to go to the we used to go to the feast. So yeah, Little Asia's good. You know, obviously we grew up on uh, Chinese chicken palm Chinese dragon and uh, great chef. It's so. I mean, they're so good everywhere. It's like you know. I love Meridian Market. I love Milano's. I, I, love I heard they got a great chicken pot Milano. They got yeah. a good everything. Yeah, in there, so honestly. it's like that's the thing about I always felt like living in East Boston, you could never go wrong. No. Whether you lived no, up to Heights, not. right? If you were Heights, you probably were more Milano's, right? Sure. If you were somebody who lived, like I lived in the middle of Eastie, so I was more like Day Square, Central Square. I was between there. Yeah, right. So I was... Roy's, mm-hmm. Meridian Market a little bit. St. Christie's and stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Christie's. Yeah. Sunny Noto's, right? That's, Phenomenal place. Yeah. Too. Sunny Noto's is so good. That's where I was. Kelly's, mm. out to Cooper's. I was like in that world. Yep. Then you go down to the point and the point was, uh, what the hell's the name of that sub shop? Right on around the corner, right on Everett. And I can't remember. I know where you're talking about. I can't remember for the life of me. Right. I forget the name of it. But then there was like, so you, everywhere you were, you had like pockets to like, oh, I could get food anywhere. Yeah. You know, pizza, like if you were down the, you know, you the down the point, you could easily get tops. Mm-hmm. If you were me, you could go to whether it was Christie's or Kelly's or you know, the Coopers, and then you had just your, your, your spots up the and heights. people, I, I say it all the time, one of like the Massachusetts nuances is like people will go to Tops based on who's making the pizza that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Like that's how I went to Tops pizza yeah. people up. Because it was nothing, like it used, just used to be pizza and- The lamb tips and shit, the right? The lamb, yeah, the, the lamb and the sausage. Now I think they do steak tips and some other things. I love their lamb and sausage. I right. think it's good. And I don't even think their pizza, I'm never saying their pizza's bad. Right. So Tapio's is a good pizza. I right. just put it in the top five in the state I have a try. I have pro, I have a little bit of an issue with, but like, again, if you like heavy pizza, Tops is a good pizza. Like, yeah, you should I, I definitely like the corn get, mill on the bottom. Yeah, of my it's pizza. right so exactly. Does, you know what I mean? That's what does it for me. But I feel like in Eastie, you know, it's you can't go wrong. No, as far as like not. so much good food in that. Yeah, it's, it's like, and it's all in there. It's just in that neighborhood of of. I don't feel like there's another neighborhood that like Eastie has. All types of food covered for you for whatever you need. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, like the, the North End's only got two Chinese food places, right? Which is the Billy Nor- Tees and uh, right China House. Yeah, the North End is really strictly Italian food, right? Yeah, right. You know, and some of the other places, like you know, you can't really, you know, like if you're if you're like in uh like dorchester or roxbury it's mm. hard to find a good roast beef joint yeah you, you know what yeah. i mean like joe's steak and cheese is tremendous mm. and dudley but it's hard to find a good um uh, uh roast beef joint you know Agree. Uh, you know salty kind of like the same thing so i, I feel like salty's got the new cool like restaurants and bars yeah and yeah stuff. yeah but I, i'm i guess i'm more talking about like when i was 
like oh your version of salty is much different than yeah like yeah like i, I yeah. want a sub you know i, I want a roast you. beef yeah sandwich. exactly right exactly <laughs> yeah. um closing point i guess we could do what's the worst boston accent you've ever heard in tv or film oh man uh, you just said you were a big movie guy I didn't even yeah know yeah so, so I, I had to throw I'm the a statue. huge movie guy so the worst boston accents in a movie can i throw one at you just to get your brain yeah yeah, yeah give me- the wife from ray donovan Okay, I never saw Ray Donovan. Was she bad? The worst, maybe the worst I've ever heard. I got to say, in another bad one that like he doesn't have a lot of dialogue in the movie, and uh-huh. I love this guy more than like John Goodman in Patriots Day. Okay, that was brutal. Okay, I also don't think Kevin Bacon has a great one. I don't know how he keeps oh, getting cast. Oh, City in on the shit. Hill, City on the Hill, Mystic River too. Don't forget. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you're talking about City on the Hill? His TV Bo- show. Yeah, or, both of them. The the um uh, the mother and uh, uh Gone Baby Gone has the best the worst. Yeah, I didn't. I thought she had the best one ever. The, Are you serious? Yeah, the 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 mother who she was also in the office, right? Wait a minute. Are you talking about yeah, the mother, was. the the druggy mother? Or are you talking about the mother, the guy, the guy Lionel's wife? The, Which mother are you talking about? Uh the, the the Casey Affleck, Gone Baby Gone. Okay. The yes. the 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 actress was also in the office. You ever see the office, the TV show? She was Holly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so it is the mother. Yes. I thought you were talking about the guy Lionel's wife, the guy that ends up taking the kid and giving him to to Morgan Freeman. No, 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 no. She was that. Do you know? You know what I'm talking about, right? I didn't realize she's she was on The Office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she she played she played maybe maybe the I can't remember who her characters. Hers was pretty bad. I, I felt like her. I thought she, I literally had Pavra's my best It's actually funny. We, we had this discussion a that few weeks ago and he loved that's it. Mind, oh, did that's you? That's legit mind blowing. And Alec Baldwin's in The Departed wasn't good. Oh, yeah. I agree with bad. you. Not that good one at was all. bad. No, absolutely. That, Martin Sheen's might have been a little bit worse. Yeah, yeah. That that one was bad. Uh, I gotta say DiCaprio wasn't bad. And he, right. He wasn't bad. Um, what else? What else? Let me see. What else? Oh, uh, you know who else was bad? That girl fucking, did you see Spencer Confidential, that mock woman? Oh, movie? yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah. But I think yeah. she yes. was intentionally bad. Right. Like, I think she was trying to be bad. Okay. Like, I think that was kind of the thing where she was trying to be this stereotype. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I can bash her too All much right, more. So Eliza you, Scherzinger. But yeah, like, and you know where you get, you know where you can get, um, you can get some bad ones? I watched this TV show called um, Hightown. What, what the fuck is that? Hightown. It's like, it's basically like drugs on the cape. And this, oh shit, yeah, this like it's a, actually a pretty good show, and um, it's like what's it on streaming? Uh, it's on Stars. Oh, okay. And she's like, she works for like this the the girls who kind of the main character. She works for like as a fishing police officer, and then she transitions into a state trooper who they're trying to deal with all the the fentanyl on the Cape, and then there's like this Spanish guy who's like one of the main drug dealers. There's a couple. The the guy who plays the main cop in that you have to check out his is pretty bad. He tries pretty hard, like not I in a good way. I just don't understand where the dissension comes from. How do you not just get a local person to like be a fucking consultant on any of these? Yeah, projects? you would it's think so. But oh, yeah, get one guy. That's it. Oh, do they you not mean, do that though? They, I, I, well, it seems like they don't because it's like. You come it's in and so like, no, it's, go- it's got, it's, it's like, right. no, it's not, it's got. Like, it's like, you took my fucking daughter. I, please stop. I can't even handle it. I, <laughs> I think I the really Dunkin' Donuts even... commercials are the worst, man. The Dunkin' Donuts, they got some really bad All oh, those are yeah. bad, too. Oh, yeah. Well, how do you feel about the, the your cousin from Boston with the Sam Adams thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, yeah, he's so forced. I'm not, he's so you pull, They pulled a couple of them off in um, The Fighter. 
I thought Christian Bales was great, yeah, too. Yeah, you pulled a couple of them off in the fighter. Yep, and the mother, too, Melissa Leo. She was great in yeah, that. Yeah, you, yep. you were able to, to, um, to, to... Every now and then, when uh, Mark Wahlberg plays his characters that are based out of here, he, like, in Spencer for Hire, you know, he tries to turn it on a little bit. Yeah. In, in um, The Departed, you know, you try to you turn it on a little bit. But um, yeah, I thought he, he was a little more subtle in The Departed. Yeah, he wasn't as too bad. He wasn't a, or as bad as you would think. What's your uh, remote dropper movie? Like you come across it on TV, you're just mm. like, I'm watching. This. I have so many. Training Day is probably number one on That's my list. That's a good one. That's a really good one, right. buddy. Training Day is, like is probably number one Mine on my list. Mine was always Rush Hour. R- Rush Hour is good. Uh, the the first one, right? Yep. And I just yes. had. Uh, I just watched the remote dropper like a couple weeks ago. Was The King of New York. Remember that one? No, why do I? That's what Christopher Walken. See, some of these movies might have been a little bit. But I like that you're bringing that right now. Yeah, like that, a little it's, bit. It's like right. it's like you know he his rise to being like the main drug dealer in New York City. Yeah. Um, I feel um, like blows a lot one for a lot of people too. I see. I'm a I'm a fan of um, like I think I like Kevin Bacon as an actor. I do too. Right. I just do. I just wish he just did something different with that accent. Yeah. I like Kevin Bacon a lot. <laughs> and I actually, the Mystic River had a couple of them in that one. They yeah. were a little bit like, oh, no, for sure. But um, yeah. So I, there are like there. Are, I would say tra- anything with Denzel in it. Um, because I'm a huge Denzel fan. Yeah. Um. So American Gangster, you're dropping the remote. Yeah, American Gangster, I, I liked. American- you know what's his most underrated movie? Which one? Flight. Flight, he was good in was Flight. Unreal. Yeah, Flight was unreal. Yeah, was unreal. That ending was like perfect. Man on Fire, I love. Yeah, Man on Fire was dope. Um, yeah, Man on know, Fire was pretty awesome. Let's see. The Equalizer was pretty the, good yeah, too. Yeah, you know, they, uh, then they made the sequel to The Equalizer. Didn't need a sequel. Yeah, I, and I, think, I actually think shit, they're please. doing another one. Yeah, no, it's a TV show with Queen Latifah. No, no, no. I think Denzel. Oh, there's another movie. Yeah, I think they're doing another Equalizer movie. Why does he feel like he needs to do a third I Equalizer I don't know. movie with all this? He I just did fucking Macbeth. Yeah, see, I don't. That's the one movie I'm like, I watch pretty much everything Denzel's in. I'll probably watch that because I'm a huge <laughs> fan. But I'm like, I, I don't know how that one's going to pull what up. Were you, what was your pregame playlist back like when you first got this late 90s, you first got to the league? Uh, you know what's funny? I was a biggie guy, but I wasn't a big pregame music guy in the locker room. That's interesting. I was more of like- a, I like that. That's interesting. I was more of like a talker in the locker room. Like, yeah. You know, like I, I, I like to have fun. You don't want to. I, I was. You don't want to like dump all your adrenaline all at one point, vibe it out to fifty. You know. What yeah, I'm saying? I was like, like I like up. to have fun. I used to like, you know, do like diamond push-ups and have a good time. We used to have this thing with the Patriots. We used to have our road call, you know, and and so like I like to like have that. But I knew there were some guys that like only listen to some. Antoine Winfield always watched like any given Sunday on his thing. That's, that's a watch. remote dropper yeah. right there. That's a freaking remote <laughs> dropper right yeah, there. Any given Sunday was good, but I would say. Django is probably one of my most re- remote droppers. You ever see Django? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Django and Ch- Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. I didn't like... I wasn't a huge fan Don't of... Don't tell me he didn't like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I thought he missed on that. The ending's a little bit weird. I thought he missed on that. It was just like... I When I expect a Quentin Tarantino movie, I expect raunchy blood, gore... F bombs from beginning to end. But it was know, too slow for me. But you know what? It was more like a period thing. Like they were trying to just really show like Hollywood was, in the sixties and yeah. 70s. It was too slow for me. Um, I, I can see that though. I it, can it see was where a you're... little bit of like uh, 
Uh, but the thing is, you want the like when you when anybody watches a movie, right? You you want it like you almost expect it to lead to something. Mm -hmm. That movie didn't really like lead to anything. Yeah, it the was finale was bizarre because it's like, how did this? How did yeah, these cross paths? Because I these thought people, it was like, gonna be more of like uh more based around Charles Manson. That's what I thought, and that's right. what everybody thought originally that it was gonna be like these guys crossing paths with right. like. The Manson family, right, some right, crazy right. Shit was yeah, gonna that's what I thought. Not like three random, yeah, just like of his fault. It was he, weird. Yeah, I saw. I wasn't like because prior to that, what was is the is Hateful Eight the one with then um, Sam Jackson? That was his other one. Hateful Eight, I think, was the well. What did he make after Hateful Eight? Between that and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, was it? I'm trying to remember. I don't think, or he might not have made anything. I, I, actually. The Hateful Eight was good with Sam Jackson. That at points of times it got a little bit of, you know, slowed down a little bit. But Django was probably, uh, you know, my favorite. Then he did Django was my favorite. Then he his. did um, Reservoir Dogs, and obviously from I, Dust Till Dawn. And Glorious Bastards, another great one. Yeah, I that's yeah, he did Glorious that. Bastards. Um, so I've always been like a Quentin Tarantino. Then he had the Grindhouse that he did. Yep. I've always been a Quentin Tarantino fan, so I, I like those. Did kind you watch of anything recently that just sucked? Um, where you were like, I'm turning this shit off. I can't do this. I can tell you what. My no, worst I never, movie I never turn movies off. Really? I, I'll, I'm, I'll ride it to the end. It's funny you say that because you know what? You know, I've never walked out of a movie. No matter yeah, how I'll never it was. turn it off. If I get, if I get caught up in it, I'll never, never turn it. My off. worst movie of last year, shit, you know, was Halloween Kills. You in horror movies? Yeah, that okay. was awful, man. I hate it. Really? So Halloween bad. Kills was so fucking bad. Really? When I tell you this movie had no wiggy. When I tell you this movie had zero. I've seen it. Part, oh, you saw it. I'm a fan of the Halloween. Yeah, I like the the one from a couple years ago. So you had Halloween. Yeah, you have Halloween Kills, and now Halloween Ends is coming out next yes. year. Yes, I thought what this one was. This one was really just Michael Myers on a killing spree. That's why it was Halloween Kills. Not really a big plot into it, right? It introduced some of the older characters from the original Halloween. And then just fucking killed them off and the only two left are the fucking cop and Jamie Lee Curtis's 80-year-old ass in the hospital room. Right, but... And now... So Halloween Ends should tell us the story of why Michael Myers is... Because at the end, when he's looking out the window... Yeah. And the, the reflection... In his house, right. Every, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... I to me that was more about the gore, the blood, and Michael Myers just going on a killing spree, I, which I didn't mind. I that, I think it's I think it's been one of the better ones in a while. That's see, and this is my issue with this movie is like the first one paints him as like a regular guy that is just kind of like good at avoiding fucking death. Well, and yeah, the now shit beat now you're him. getting more of this some type of now, spiritual. Thank Fame. you. Yes. Exactly. Now he's now he's trans he's ascended into this like <laughs> supernatural being. Right. Which takes me out of the movie now. Because I always thought the coolest part about Michael Myers is that he was a fucking regular guy. That yeah. he was a fuck well, not a regular guy, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah. like a mortal man. Right, now but this see, guy's getting shot. He's getting baseball right. batted, hit by a fucking truck. But see, that's always been Michael Myers, though, from the original. From the original Halloween. That's always been him. Like he's always gotten shot. When when Donald the Donald Pleasant actor who played who played the the psychiatrist Lewis, yeah, right. yeah. When Lewis yep. blew him up in the in the in the in the hospital, they shot him. Like he's always played that. So I think now what they're doing is like tying it into why is Michael Myers this supernatural and the th and killer? The, and here's why I wish they didn't do this is because now what you've done, right, Jay Fine is 
Now you're the, the way they're structuring the story for this Halloween ends is the 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 this this climax between him and Jamie Lee Curtis's character. So you're gonna tell me that all the grown, healthy, normal adults couldn't kill this fucking guy, and now the anti like the the you know the climax that they're building towards in this third movie is that. 77 year old Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be the guy that the the person that takes this guy. No, no, she's going to find out why Michael Myers is the way he is. And then that's, what's ultimately going to lead to her finally being able to kill Michael Myers. Do you think that's the right story that they should have went with? Cause I would have liked if they just kept this conventional, like I said, the, yeah, but no one could kill him, but Jamie Lee because she's been there from day one. But why? That, that's There's what I'm trying some, to figure out. Because, like, but why? Because I, I in, in this movie, what they should do in Halloween ends, you have to tie the relationship between Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers and what it is. Can I? Okay. and Because remember, they went from the original. Okay. And then every other movie they wiped they out. They skipped it out. Exactly. Right. They got so back hold on. You're right. In terms of like, they should have, which is why I liked, I liked in the past when they were like brother and sister. I liked that. Because it gave them a connection. Right. Going back to right what you're saying. Here. Right. And the, when they got rid of that, I'm like, now this is just some weird, not weird, but like this, this, this kind of like. Well, that's where they're going to tie it in. Relationship between some psycho and some girl that he tried to kill who he's never been able to finish. And now it's, you know, it's going to end off like they both die. Well, that well, we'll see. I think it's more for me. I want to see how they tie the supernatural to the connection of who he is and his relationship with Jamie Lee. And right, and my my problem with that is like nothing has been hinted at this in the first these first two movies in this in the in the new reboot franchise. There's been no hint of anything until the fact that this guy got Well, the supernatural part was hinted in the second uh the Halloween kills. Where did I miss this? At the end okay. when she's looking out the mirror, yeah, yeah. out the window and the the Loomis voice, or or I can't remember, and he's standing there, and they say, "What does evil see in the in the mirror?" Oh, you're talking about the monologue thing. Yes, what yeah, is like the exposition monologue? Like, at the end. what does he see? Yeah, and so Michael Myers sees something, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, what is that reflection that he's seeing that might be supernatural of that makes him pure evil? Okay. Right. And so, and then the connection is, well, Jamie Lee's back. Who is Jamie Lee to this Michael Myers character? And I, I really got to see where they go with that. They, they really got to like hit it home with some yeah, yeah, crazy you gotta, plot yeah, point. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do that. You gotta I, be a mind ball. Yeah. In the begin- in the first one, they never actually draw the connection between why he's stalking her and no. her friends. That's, no, no, that's, no. that's the, another the, problem. Right. That's another thing. You're it's talking like, about the original. In the original, yes. Right, yes. going back, they, you know what I mean? They never actually give you why he's keying in on that group. Of, well, all of you people. know initially is based on the... Him killing his sister. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. You know. That I get because it's a family thing. And if he grew up in like an abusive household, I get that you have right. like these, uh, you know. Well, that's what Rob thing. Zombie tried to do. Rob Did Zombie you tried to do those two. Yeah. Rob Did Zombie. You like them? Yeah. I didn't mind them. Rob Zombie tried to tie in the more of the backstory of how he was abused and the crazy yeah, right. mother and go down. And I actually, I didn't mind the Rob Zombie ones. Did but it get weird in the second one? Uh, the second one, oh man, it's been so long. I know, right? Yeah, the second one, it's, but I, I watch, like, I just watched the reboot of 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre that was on Netflix. I actually heard it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't. If you like, you know, it's a lot of gore and it, and it's like all these movies. You know, there's still some holes that they have to fill. I probably my best, my favorite movie of this year is the uh, the How Do They Fall. Which is the Idris Elba? Oh yeah, yeah. Where they're in like the Wild West. Yep. You know him, Regina King. So yep. um, yeah. But I heard it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was really good. It was really yep. good. Yeah. So. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, no, we're we're big with film on this on this oh, pod yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. like that, that. So we're big with that. We could have talked about that for an hour. No, one hundred percent. Wigs. I mean, listen, you. Got, I know you got to get going. Thank you for being here. Not if, a problem, man. Anytime. I had a blast. I would love to have you back if you ever wanted to come back on this show. Sounds I think, like a plan to me. Yeah, man. Awesome. I'll. Uh, like I said, guys. Again, Jermaine Wiggins here in studio. Super Bowl champion Jermaine Wiggins, undrafted to Super Bowl <laughs> champ. <laughs> Jermaine Wiggins is that right what it here. Is? Easty the Super Bowl Easty champ. Easty the Super Bowl <laughs> champ right there. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, dude, thank you for talking about your career. Is like fascinating to talk about. Like, it's just like this was so much fun. I appreciate it, man. It thank be, you. man. Thank you. That's a wrap on episode five of the Mass Appeal podcast. We will see you next week. And uh, yeah, guys, take it easy. Have a good one. We'll Check it out. See you around. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.